0: again, this is Luke, Luke Turner Podcast, episode 4, you know how it is, welcome back. So there was a bit of a mishap that happened a couple of days ago, I had my good friend Christian Doran on to talk about his VR company, Recovery VR, and we had a great chat, really fascinating stuff, uh, and then I go back to listen to the audio and it's completely corrupted and completely unusable turns out there's some firmware issue with this interface that i'm using uh people on reddit complaining a lot and yeah it sucked it was really disappointing um and i apologized profusely to christian and he was like it's cool life happens so that made me feel a bit better but still kind of sucks but anyway i got my good friend daniel scarrett on last night and it was a great conversation fantastic even one might say uh, very flowy, very all over the place. We go into a lot of stuff about productivity, getting shit done, uh, a bit about psychology, a bit about life and death, very philosophical at points and kind of heavy, but very interesting. And yeah, I think this is a really fascinating chat and I love talking to Daniel and I want to have him back soon. So I hope you enjoy as much as I did and you can check out Burger King Illuminati which is Daniel's comedy group actually they've just renamed to Beak they're now called Beak so I'll put some info in the description you guys can check it out but yes please enjoy Daniel Scarrett well thanks for coming on Dan so good to be here appreciate it it, I remember the last time we recorded one of these yeah it was long ago it It was Three years ago,
1: at least. Years ago. Because Liam was here. Yeah,
0: that's mm. right. That's right. Yeah, I remember, um, yeah, for, for context, there were a few episodes of this podcast recorded many years ago. Is it the same podcast? Like, technically, but I've kind of just started a new <laughs> nice. uh, quality-wise and whatever else. Yeah. a yeah. bit more of a direction. This is it. definitely a better microphone. I remember passing around like a Shure. Yes. Uh,
1: uh, 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 86 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, SM 50 56. A- eight? Fifty eight. 58, 58, 58, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. You're out of, you're out of touch. I'm man. out of touch. What's going I, it's on. been a long time
1: since I've been in the microphone
0: game. It has. Sure. Well, I mean, you used to do a lot of gigs with uh, Burger King Illuminati. That's true, but we never used uh, stage mics. Yeah, we would never just holding whatever microphones. You're given. Exactly. Yeah. And I, you yeah. Know,
1: then I play drums, so I'm just like, uh-huh. if it's not an FM, uh, an SM fifty-seven, I don't care what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's there. right.
0: I, there was this kind of like meme in the audio engineering community where. You know, you just have an SM57 for literally everything and you can run an entire show. Pretty,
1: pretty much. Like, yeah. you know, it's not that bad. The, your average showgoer just cannot tell the difference between a, a 57 and anything else. That's
0: true. And sometimes that made me feel a bit like, what's the point of like trying that hard? Yeah, in this job, I you mean, know? <laughs> in live
1: shows, I just feel like it goes out the window. I mean, yeah. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I don't want to shit on audio engineers here. I think that people who are doing live sound at gigs... You know they're they're working hard, but you know they're not made equal, and Mm. uh, Mm. rooms are certainly not made equal either. So it's kind of like unless you're always doing that room, yeah, you don't know like unless and you have the budget to make it exactly how you want and mix it exactly how you want. It's Mm. like. Mm just loud, you know, go to a live gig, at yeah. Crowbar, it's always just loud. And like, that's right. You never yeah. like, wow, what an, uh, what an artistic mix. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> it's never like, wow, it's so crisp. What a great mix. You're just like, this is loud. You know, Yeah, I feel the bass in my chest. I feel that's like all there's a
0: threshold of speaker quality to where you do actually start to get that clarity. Mm. Like if you look at like Manning bar, and like anything bigger than that, Ugh, um, yeah. and then rest and in peace, or whatever. Manning yeah. bar. Oh, no, it's still around, isn't it? Is it? They still
1: doing gigs there? Yeah, I, think I so. just remember that they closed it as a bar, which I hated. Oh. like yeah, man, like I used to go there every day, like when I was at wow. uni, and it just isn't a bar anymore that you can go to.
0: So it's just a venue now. I guess so. So yeah. should they? They should call it Manning Venue. They should call it Manning venue <laughs> i was like maybe i can one up this nope. yeah it's like <laughs> that's what it is i'm gonna start the joke and i've got nothing yeah, yeah and yeah. that's that's very much okay that's how it yeah. goes yeah it's, it's roll you, with you, dice. Win some, you lose some yeah yeah but yeah it's Absolutely.
1: um it's good i mean i love I, manning bar is good i mean I, it's always put on really good shows like i, I remember seeing the uh uh, Omar Rodriguez Lopez group there, which mm-hmm. is like the guy who was the guitarist from Mars Volta, but his cool. like side project and mm-hmm. just like the bands like that produce the hero. Yes. I mean, they put on good, Great good show. acts there. Right. Great yeah. show. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't know really what's going on with it these days. Sydney Uni seems like it kind of sucks now, to be honest. Whoa, Goss. Yes, Goss. What's going no, on with Sydney well, Uni, man? There's no like Herman's Bar anymore. There's no like Manning oh, really? Bar anymore. Yeah, right. like the live show. Yeah, Herman's Venue as
0: well. Herman's Venue, yeah. that's right. Yeah, is it even a venue? Like, what <laughs> are they know. doing there? I don't know. Who's they, Herman? Yeah, <laughs> they're just
1: having like functions for uh, white collar workers. Could, uh, be. could be. Could be. I don't know. They've got to use the space for something. But yeah, I remember the... the union and stuff being really cool. But I think that yeah. a lot of unis have had like a lot of uh, non-campus stuff. Yeah. Funding was already getting cut anyway. And then there was like pandemic. Uh, no one was at uni. And yeah. they're just like, fuck it. We don't need that to be fun. I fund. seem to
0: remember Sydney Uni being this pretty vibrant kind of like student life sort of vibe. Oh
1: yeah. It was dope. At yeah. least when I was there. Yeah. I feel like I maybe got the last of the the cool yeah. vibe. Okay. Like my younger sibling goes there. And it's like nothing like when I was going, there's no hanging out. There's no like Mm. communal spaces where people are there. People Mm. are just like taking their classes from home online. And there's no like, people are not opening the bars. Mm. No one's hosting like comedy. There's no like
0: events at night. It's just like. I I wonder if there's a parallel between that and people returning to the office uh, slash working from home during the pandemic. Um, Sure. In terms of, you know, people are really trying to just get these social events going because everyone's just so used to working from home and just being isolated.
1: Yeah, it's weird because as well, like, I don't know, have you found this? Have you been working remotely? Mostly. Have, you haven't had to like go to an office, right? I have, oh,
0: um, have. but like once a week. And if you don't go, it's kind of like whatever. Cool, yeah.
1: Similar vibe for me. And it's like, I can go to an office anytime I want. And yeah. like, I almost never do. Yeah. It's just like, oh why, man. Why would like, you? I don't know. I think it's like maybe... The long-term choice of yep. like, oh, I should be around people and I should be in a work environment is good, but yes. like you can never guarantee that other people are going to go in when you do. That's true. And also it's like I could just, you know, stay up another hour later playing Elden Ring and then get yeah. up at 8.55. Dude, <laughs> 100%. Do my first meeting at 9.30 or whatever. Like, and
0: like everyone is okay with that mostly. Yeah. So I really don't see the point. I like, I mean, when I have had to go in, you know, I feel like I'm complaining about you know, something that's relatively minor, but just being on the bus and just everyone just crammed in there. yeah, It's just like, it's super depressing. It used to man. be so
1: normal. I used to get up and like, sh- I used to live in uh, Summer Hill and I would get up, I would take a shower and then I would get in on the train to Town Hall and it would, mm. oh, Redfern. And it's like, that's like a 15 minute train trip. And yep. I remember being like, so packed in the train that mm. I'd get to Redfern. And I'd be like, why did I even shower? I'm sweaty. Like <laughs> right, I've just been yeah. like, it's so hot. And it's like, mm. even in the middle of winter, you like put a coat on cause you're going outside. But yeah. Then you're crammed in a train. You can't take your coat off. You're immediately just you're dripping with yeah, sweat. Yeah, yeah, it,
0: yeah. Oh, terrible. Yeah. Man. yeah, It's so weird. Yeah. I don't know. And I spend a lot more money buying lunches. And yeah. That sort of thing. Um, and I also I think the biggest thing is the cumulative effect that it has on me over the, week so by wednesday or thursday if i'm commuting every day i'm suddenly so tired that i don't want to go out and you know go to the gym or mm. buy groceries or do the things that i should do i just want to sit around and watch netflix
1: for real although i think that the there's like an opposite problem that i'm finding with with working from home all the time which is like anybody who's reasonably switched on realize i think realize that you can definitely do your week's worth of work in not eight hours a day yes <laughs> right like yes four hours maybe <laughs> like you know i've been pretty effective when i need to be and yeah, so i've yeah. just gone to this point where it's like oh man unless there's a deadline yeah i'm just like sitting around i mean yeah and the problem is that i feel like there's this sense of i'm not really able to let go mm-hmm. of working or being available because uh, i don't want to be like yeah. seen as slacking so yeah, i'm like yeah. kind of not interested in working but still kind of like mm. checking my messages and shit Okay. Um, you have so a I'm low really level engagement. Totally. I'm not fully relaxed. Yep. I'm still kind of worried that something still might come up. I'm still like, maybe I should be working. Yes. But yep. I'm also like not working. <laughs> I'm like sitting on my think- couch
0: watching chess video after chess. <laughs> I <video>. mean, <laughs> at least you get to watch chess videos there, right? That's I true. mean, you know, I, I think that, that like I've talked about this a lot of people recently, like mm. people being in an office creates this vibe of, you got to look busy all the totally. time. Totally, Like um, really does. And, even if realistically most people are having that, you know, four hour workday or whatever it is, Mm. they're looking busy for eight hours. And that actually takes a lot of energy out of you. It takes energy. Because you're wearing a mask when you do that. And like, honestly, I think
1: in some ways it used to like, you know, when the work environment was good, I definitely don't think this is the case for every office, but like in my office, when everybody was there forced to be there all the time, you, you would just hate to be bored. And so like, if you felt like you had no work to do, you would come up with cool shit to do. Mm. Doesn't really happen anymore. Like I'm not mm. interested in doing that at all anymore. To be honest with you, I'm yep. like, yep, I know how to do this job. I mean, also I've been at my in my role for like five years. Yeah, so sure. I'm very effective at the, yep. the work. Yep. Like, so for me, it's just kind of like, yeah, this is like the last thing I want to do. I mean, of I course. can just pull it out when I need to get the thing done, and yep. then the rest of the time I'm like, cool. Yeah, I want to do something else, but I'm not really ready to do something else. I need to be kind of here. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, like sort of not relaxed. I understand. It's yeah, tricky. it's a weird limbo. Yeah, it's strange.
0: Have you seen this overemployed thing online? So that there's this um, community of people on Reddit, particularly, who work multiple remote jobs at once. Dope. Um, yeah, that seems so possible. They're pretty much just exploiting the thing that you just mentioned, where people are working, you know, two hours a day, four hours a day. Like they've got their job down pat yeah and it's completely optimized and you know like i think a lot of people look at that initially and they say oh that's unethical you know it's wage theft no like, things way like that. but it's like wage theft hey. is fucking cool man yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah yeah fuck the system dude, dude
1: like like businesses just exist to exploit employees yeah and, and so yeah. what's wrong with exploiting a little bit back
0: and is it even exploiting? Because no, really, you, you, true. May, you may be like still delivering the same amount of value that you were before. Yeah. Right?
1: If, it, if it's the same amount of value, then you're actually a like extremely good. you know, if I was going to put on my, my right wing economic hat, you're actually right. an extremely good citizen who's providing lots of value <laughs> to the economy because you're, you're able to do the output of two people. Yeah. You, yeah. You know, two new jobs are being filled by you. Is That's that, true. it's not necessarily ethical. It's like right. maybe yeah. the job should go to someone who's unemployed who needs your second job but right. if they're not qualified whatever i totally yeah. get why people do it like yeah, i don't really see an
0: issue with it and you know two I, incomes just for like yeah.
1: and doing no extra work really pretty like, much yeah, yeah and it,
0: it's really like the, uh, on this forum they they kind of talk a lot about the ethics and the philosophy of it um like you mentioned employers have been exploiting people for a long time and it's just kind of this idea of taking the power back um yeah, man. yeah it's pretty fascinating to watch i yeah look i haven't got
1: <laughs> i don't know i'm not a big uh fan of businesses in general like mm. b- businesses as entities in general are like you know for any business to be truly successful it must exploit people mm. like that's that's really what it looks like like there's no business that has millions of dollars in revenue that's mm-hmm. uh wholly good and doesn't exploit people in some way right like that's how it works mm. like it's it's working towards the goal of the business being successful. There's mm-hmm. no no business owner is like nice. Once our revenue gets to this notch, we've done it. We're it's done. Not, it's profitable. Yeah, we'll keep yeah. it like that, and everyone will get paid extra, and we'll just keep <laughs> doing it at that rate. We won't take on any new business. We won't try <laughs> yeah. and grow it. <laughs> right, like right. it's you know the, it's the whole point is to become the next monopoly. Like yeah. businesses are geared towards that. Sure. So it is it it any successful business must become unethical at some point
0: that's interesting i think anyway
1: yeah i mean show me show me one that doesn't work like that i guess
0: i guess you could argue that this overemployed thing is just a buffer against that right oh yeah yeah. i
1: mean to be honest i think it's great (laughs) like Mm. i've never heard of it before you just brought it up but yeah it makes perfect sense to me and yeah like yeah man businesses
0: suck screw them yeah yeah people make him bank man it's crazy good yeah Yeah. i love it i love it that's really cool Yeah,
1: especially if you're like yeah i don't know if you're able to get into some role where it's like you've really slipped through the cracks they don't realize how like over resourced they are in that particular area
0: Mm. yeah love it yeah for sure so good something i wanted to talk about is uh productivity and you know balancing a lot of different things Mm. in life um so you for example um you know Working full time, or I listened to recently, um, and studying as well. Oh yeah, um, and
1: and I have a band. Yep, and I have a, a comedy group that's performing in the Edinburgh Fringe
0: in August. So yeah. I've been writing that show. Yep,
1: and I have a girlfriend. Wow, <laughs> so it's got yep. a I've got a lot going on. Yeah yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, but you seem calm. Yeah, you seem good. It's not too bad. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's you know it's um there's a, yeah I guess over the years I've been hardened by the uh i'm a i'm a guy who over commits that's right. for sure yep, I, yep. I say yes to lots of stuff yeah find it very difficult when something cool an opportunity comes yeah, up yeah i always always almost always say yes i'm sure. like yeah let's do it mm. even like recording this podcast tonight yeah should i be writing my show maybe right but you know i get asked to do something and i'm like that could be cool and you yeah. never know what doing stuff like that leads to like mm. i feel like when you go and do stuff you take on things it only creates more opportunities and only, mm, only mm. you know, strengthens relationships. Yeah. And, um,
0: and it's fun for your life to for be sure. kind of different, you know, yes. from week to week. I, I think for me, I have a like very similar kind of brain mm. in that um, I really crave that novelty and the context switching mm. of like having a bunch of different things going on at once. Um, but I, I have had periods in my life where I have done that and, you know, been really productive in all these areas, but just burnt out because I wasn't, doing it properly for real oh it's so easy to get burned out it's like oh <laughs> yeah i mean that's the main thing you're
1: trying to stave off the whole time right i'm not perfect at it but i feel like i've definitely developed a, a way of like fortifying myself against that and yeah there's a lot that, there's a lot that comes from uh like studying psychology that helps with that yep but also honestly i've benefited a lot from being in a advertising agency job where i've been Extraordinarily busy, right? Uh, extremely demanding, lots of information getting thrown at me all the time. Yep. Plus a, a healthy social life. Yeah. And you're just like, how do I make this work? And you kind of just, you know, you suffer, and then mm. you, you do find a way to make it work, which is cool. Um, yeah, interesting.
0: So you think you've built some resilience just through the job?
1: Yeah, resilience, but but more so like just you come up with strategies to deal with having that amount of stuff going on. And I'm I'm happy to talk about what the strategies are. Please. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like. For me, the biggest thing, the, the, probably the biggest thing ever, the secret to doing multiple stuff is headspace. Like if you don't have room in your head, it's hard to even imagine taking on something else. Mm. So like, for example, you asked me to come on the podcast, you know, if I wasn't keeping track of all the stuff that I need to do, it would become very nebulous and scary. Like Mm -hmm. you'll notice Mm -hmm. when we organize this, I put it in, I was like, I'm putting it in my calendar. Yeah. So for me. I've just sort of found a way to use a cal- like basically a calendar and a task list as a mm-hmm. way of anything that any information that comes through. Yeah. If it needs to be stored rather than storing it in my memory, I put it in a calendar or a task mm-hmm. list. And mm-hmm. then I don't need to remember anything. Yep. Like I don't need to be like am I doing something on that night? It's yeah. like it's if it's not in my calendar, it did not happen. Like I've forgotten about it. Yep. So it is bad it feels a little bad in some ways to be so reliant on those kinds of systems and they do mm. break down from time to time but mm. for the most part it's like amazing. Yeah. I used to try and juggle all that stuff in my mind mm. and it was like you constantly feel like am I forgetting something? Yeah. You would never know if you're free if someone's like yeah. hey can, we, can you come out and have dinner? I'd be like oh can I? Yeah. Or like not reply. I've or... double booked so many times. For real. If I'm like Yes, it's in my calendar. Now mm. if someone's like, can, I, can we do this thing? I'm like, we can in two weeks. Yeah. And it's like, and then we will do it. And yeah. then the best part about it though, it's not like, oh, knowing when stuff is. The best part about doing that sort of thing, having the task list, having the calendar is knowing when you don't have something. Uh-huh. when I have a day where there's nothing in my calendar, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, it's my day. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I have nothing. So nice. I can do anything, you know? Yeah. That's, that's when you're truly free when you're like, I can uh-huh. actually do anything I want today. And I know yep. there's no part of me that's like, but what about if do you remember this thing? Yeah. Like, nothing. It's really it's okay. quiet. You know, you're so you're drained. able to just fully relax. Totally. And that's so important. Like you cannot do stuff. You cannot just be active. You can't yep. be busy. Yep. You can't have an active social life. You can't have, a busy job. Mm. You can't study. Like you can't do any of that unless you rest. Like, of course it's like, otherwise you just go nuts. You burn out super hard. So yeah, having time to rest and that, and that's something you should schedule in. Is there a
0: way that you rest effectively?
1: Yeah. I just feel it. Like, I'm like, okay. On this week, like I'll look at my week at the beginning of a week, essentially. And I'll be like, okay, I have like one free night this week. Yeah. So I'm keeping it. Like basically someone will be like, can we do something on any night this week? And I'll be like, I have like, let's say Thursday night free. I'll be like, no. Yeah. (laughs) Like, because I know if I don't have that night, I'm going to go insane. Yes. Like personally, I, I, even though I'm a very social person, my energy comes from my alone time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't be out here doing shit unless I'm spending time by myself. Being a piece of shit. Basically. Yeah. Getting drunk by myself in my house. Yep. (laughs) Watching some garbage on TV. Yep not talking to anybody, replying to nothing. Yeah. You know, that's that's all I need. And then I can do a whole week of being an active, productive citizen or whatever. That's a pretty good ratio. It's good. One night a week to recharge. But it's hard to get into a mindset initially where you're capable of having truly having a night where you recharge, where there's nothing else you're not worried about something else that's coming mm, up. It's mm. it, it's really hard to get off the wheel. Yeah. Like if you're on it, you yeah. feel like I'm
0: constantly doing stuff. I feel like there's a bit of a a delay effect almost. So like if I've been flat out for two weeks, let's say, and then the that day after the two weeks, I'm planning on resting, the after effects of that two weeks take time to diminish. Mm. So I'm kind of just in this heightened state not necessarily anxious or really stressed but just kind of a low level nervous system sort of thing where i i my mind is saying oh there's something to do there's something to do there's something to do because i've been doing something for two weeks straight for real and if you're not certain
1: that there's nothing to do you're just going to be like there's something yeah or there's something tomorrow that i need to be ready for or Whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you can always infinitely plan ahead, right?
1: That's true. And then, like, it's easy to fill space and fill time. So, making time for yourself is really important. But, yeah, you're totally right, man. Mm -hmm. If you're in – if you're burned out, a day is never going to cut it, like, realistically. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, like, properly, properly wound up, unwinding takes, like, man, like, three weeks maybe. Wow. it's tough. Yeah. Like, you know, have you ever taken, like, a holiday – and then it's like two weeks, and then you're like, yep. this wasn't even hot. Like, yeah, you I remember. Just begin to unwind, and then it's totally.
0: Like- I, I worked a job that I really hated, and I don't think I really realized how much I hated at the time, but it was just stressing me out mm. and just constantly building and building this stress level. And then it was like a long weekend, went away somewhere, and I literally just slept the entire time. Because, mm. and I didn't know why I was so tired, but I, my body was just telling me, like, hey, man. Now You're that, done. Now yeah. that you have no inputs, it's time to fucking chill. Yeah, and exactly. I don't care if you want to or not. It, you
1: get the me- like eventually you get the message. Yeah. For me it's like that, like just like Jesus, I'm sleeping a lot. Yeah. Or just like oh, a- another really big one is like I have when I have free time, yeah, but I don't do anything. Like, oh, I really want to like, recently, you know, all I want to do. I've got I don't know it feels like a such a cursed opinion because I'm like oh I'm, I'm living the life you know right. firing on all cylinders I'm doing lots of stuff but you know in the back of my mind I'm like all I want is to play Elden ring <laughs> I just want to be at home right I just want right. to just want to drink whiskey and play Elden ring by right. myself right and then you know but you know sometimes I'll get to a night where I'm like I'm free but I can't play Elden ring right I can't bring myself to do it you don't even want to enjoy leisure activities totally and that's mm. when you know it's like oh, I'm burned out. And then, Mm, so the best mm. thing to do when that happens is just like, don't beat yourself up about it. Yep. Go to sleep. (laughs) Basically like, you know, just, just be good to yourself. Yeah. Take a a day off. Like that's Mm. another thing that's really hard. I think like a lot of it, to be honest with you, I can't speak for everybody's experience, but like I've been working in marketing for like five plus years in an agency environment. Hectic, you know, like everybody wants something there's never, nothing's ever finished. Like, I'll, I'll use this example. Like, I used to work in a grocery store when I was in high school, and it put me through university as well. I used to work in this, like, old shit uh, IGA that was one of, like, the last Franklins that oh, was, like, around. And IGA, IGA bought out Franklins and <laughs> they had to keep the shit ones as part of the deal. And mine one was more chill. <laughs> nice. And, like, when I had that job, it was like, it was. I didn't love it. Like sure. I felt kind of like shitty being like a guy working in a, at a checkout when I was in my like early 20s. Part of me was like, oh, I'm still in this small town doing this thing. And I was studying at the time. Obviously, I don't know. I took it for granted a little bit because mm. it was a cool job. Right. Like I would have shifts where it would be like a truck comes at the beginning of the day. And it it puts a bunch of boxes in the warehouse and I have to put all the boxes on the shelves, like empty them onto the shelves. And then you finish the day, you've worked for eight hours or seven hours or something. And like the warehouse, it's empty. You're sweeping it up. You did all the boxes and you get to look at the empty warehouse at the end of the day and be like, I did it this was the whole, the like the task is complete. The task is complete. Right. Yeah. When you work yeah. in marketing, there's, there's no such thing. Yeah. There's nothing. Never do you get to stand back and look at it. Interesting. It's just like, yeah. Oh my God, there's something else. Oh my God, there's something yeah. else. And you Always just feel like you pulled in lots of directions. Right. Mm-hmm. So a real huge trick is to like, you learn to not care, <laughs> like yeah. in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Realize that like, uh, you know, the deadlines are all arbitrary. Yeah. That's one thing about marketing that's true. Digital marketing has no de- no deadlines are real. Like right. if it's like, oh, I got to get this image to the billboard company for the so that the billboard can go live on the 1st of the month when the campaign launches, that's one thing, but if it's like the Facebook ads need to go live on the 5th and they don't go live until the 7th, it actually doesn't matter. Yeah. Realistically, it gotcha. doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um but it's hard to get off the wheel. Like it's hard Mm, to mm. get yourself into a frame of mind where nothing's urgent when you're used to just always doing the most
0: urgent thing. Well, it's like nothing's urgent, but also you're constantly fed this idea that it is urgent. Totally.
1: And so one really (laughs) super weird, but I got this like amazing audio book that was recommended to me by the, the CEO of my company of all people. And it was like a really old time management, book that had been recorded to audio when i say really old i mean this shit was written in the 80s because there's a part of the book that talks about how like you should always have a briefcase when you <laughs> get a flight because that's how you have all your papers to do your work yeah like well, it's a free picture. computer yeah. shit like yeah. anyway but his whole thing was like there was you know it was pre-computer but there was some interesting stuff to glean from it which was like you know you have like an a tray of in stuff and a tray of out stuff that's yeah. how it used to work you had yeah. a desk with Papers
0: of coming in, yeah. and papers are coming out. I've seen it in movies.
1: Yeah. Like you've seen it in movies. Yeah. And this guy was basically like, yeah, you know what? There's some stuff that's urgent and there's some stuff that's important. And your job is to do the stuff that's urgent and important and nothing else. If right. there's something that is urgent, but it's not important, ignore it. Th- throw it mm. in the trash. If there's something that's important, but it's not urgent, throw it in the trash wait until it's urgent and important. Wow. Like literally this guy was like, yeah, the secret to being like high functioning in a, in a big business is Mm. like ignore stuff. And if it's important, someone will let you know, like, which is, it sounds bad, but like for real, it it helps a lot. Like some know the difference. Like it's totally on you to be like, sure. "Hmm, Sure. I really got to do this because it's important and it's due. Yeah. But if someone's asking you for something Mm. and it isn't important or it's not, they don't need it right now. Yeah. You just ignore it. And yeah, they usually sort it out by themselves. Yeah. Wow. And if they don't <laughs> sort it out by themselves, yeah. they'll, they'll call you. Yeah. Yeah. So like in my job, there's like a, there's emails and there's slacks, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, slack. It's like of a, course. yeah, it's like a messaging thing mm-hmm. for, for all you people listening at home. And yeah, like for me, it's like, I get heaps, yeah. I get tons of correspondence every day. And my friends message me on, on messenger yeah. and WhatsApp yeah. and Instagram messages. And there's so much stuff coming at me. My personal emails. I get like shit loads of emails all the time. Yep. Gotta clean that up. But like too much. You can't handle that much correspondence. You will
0: have no time to do any
1: work. You literally just need I'm like, if nobody tags me in something, I'm not looking at it. And if nobody if something really needs to happen, I'll be getting a phone call. Yeah. If nobody calls me, it didn't need to happen today, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds kind of cutthroat, but like for real, it's it's not like oh I'm and I'm not doing any work. It's just no. like I'm trying to do one to three things per day that I've decided I like, I must get this done. Yes. And then people will get a hold of me and talk to me. Yeah. I have meetings. Yeah. If I just get one to three of those important things done, I did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everything else can fuck itself until later.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. And Mm. the skill of discerning what's important and what's urgent, um, definitely comes with time because I think that there's a tendency for people, especially if they're like new in a role or they're not super confident just to be extremely agreeable and just action everything straight away. Mm. Um, And this is part of the overemployed thing as well. Like um, that is bad because not only is it unproductive, but also it leads your boss to think, Oh, this guy can do everything all the time. Yeah. And you know, we're gonna pay him the same amount of money to do Yeah, all you this manage extra you shit. manage expectations. Yeah. Like
1: you are literally like, Yep. You know, this guy, if I respond to his email every single day, he'll yep. email me every day. That's right. If I respond to his email once a week, he'll email me once a he'll give me one once a week. It's yeah. bigger, it's more concise, has yeah. all the things I need for the week. Yeah. Like you don't need to set that up. You just build those expectations of people. That's and right. if they don't like it. You just have a conversation about it, and just be yeah. like, Hey, look, um, I'm not going to respond within this time frame. Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, you can pay more money if you would like me to respond faster. Yeah, or not. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, <you> know, I <laughs> mean, it, you. It's, yeah, it's tough, but I think like learning to value your own time is super essential, yeah. especially if you if you're like new to work. Yeah, it's super easy to get like swept up in like what do I need to do? do a, yeah, all that sort of stuff.
0: But I think and like you know. Constant interruptions, like ruining your flow of work is just awful. And I I find that it kind of has this cumulative effect where the more I'm getting interrupted in a day, the the harder it is to get back to what I'm doing. Oh, Um, for real?
1: It like kills you. mm, mm. I feel like, do you have like a, do you
0: have like a window of time where you're like really good? Yeah, like in the morning. Or it's in the something. morning, like because I usually fast in the morning and just have a black coffee, and I feel like I'm pretty on the ball until yeah. like twelve. Um, nice. But my my company that I am living now um, just had they had a really good philosophy where they have flow time. So in the morning we have a check in at nine o'clock. Entire company, like 25 people, we all say, like, a very, very brief, like, strictly brief thing of, like, what did you do yesterday? What are you doing today? Do you have anything blocking you from proceeding? Nice. Um, and it's like 30 seconds to a minute per person. And if it's longer than that, then they say bounce, and then it gets bounced to, like, a, a, a side conversation, which is a longer conversation just between the relevant people. Nice. Um, so after that, all those conversations happen, uh, and that takes it up to about 10, 10 30. From there, ideally, from 10.30 till you go home should be flow. So you're not expected to answer correspondence. Nice. Because um, you should have sorted that out at the correspondence meeting. That's killer. Oh, yeah. That's really good. Yeah. yeah. And it's really productive. Like people people love it um, and they respect that autonomy. Um, so, yeah, I think it's good philosophy. That's really cool. Yeah. Like
1: I'm just knowing you're not going to get any replies is so good. Because yeah. I, think, I think as well, like – it's easy to put off doing stuff if you're just like, oh, I'll just get this detail from this guy and then I'll do it. Yeah, like yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. It's super easy. For, for sure. me, I feel like that's a slightly cursed time frame. Just because I like personally being in a meeting until ten thirty, mm-hmm. I'm done. For, like for me, it's like yeah, right. I need to be not in any meetings until like 11 o'clock okay. and I've done my whole day's work. But from between like eight and 11 is like, honestly, if I have no things interrupting me, I'm a mate like in the morning. Yeah. I'm so yep. good. Mm. Like I can do so much work and then, but if there's just like one meeting at like nine 30, it's ruins my whole day.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I have like a
1: day a week that I have no meetings, Yeah, which is just like nobody books any meetings on this day. That's when I do all my big stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But even so, like my role used to be a lot more like of a doing guy sort of role, but my role now is a lot more of a talking guy role. Okay. Where like I'm, I am have teams, I'm talking with clients. Really my job is to unstick people and to meet with clients and to delegate work and to strategize. And so like the strategizing is horrible unless you have like a big window of time to do it. Mm-hmm. But the rest of it, yeah, I, initially I really struggled. I moved into a, a strategy role at the, at the agency that I'm working in. And I really struggled initially because I was like, I'm not doing enough outputs. And it felt really output based. And then I had a friend, a friend who's like a project manager at Atlassian or it was at the time. And I was like, how do you like do this? Like, it feels like I'm not doing anything. Like Mm. I'm just talking to people and then I have no time to do my tasks. And, and then he was just like, Hey man, like if your job is to lead teams and stuff, you're talking to people is your job. Yes. Like if you don't have it on a task board, you might not be valuing it the same, but mm. that's your job. Like yep. Yep. that's, you know, that's value mm. that helped a lot. Cause I was like, Oh shit, this is what I do is I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, but it's hard to come to terms with stuff like that as well. If you're like a person who has some kind of integrity, <laughs> I think even as much as I've before I was like, fuck businesses. Like <laughs> if you have integrity, it's really hard to feel like you're not contributing. Right. Especially if you're around, other like my peers are the thing that, that motivates me the most. Like okay. having people around me who I, I care about, who work hard, who are doing stuff. That's the thing that motivates me to work the most because I'm like, I'm not going to like slack off and let yeah. these guys do everything. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, it can be difficult as well to come to terms with like being in a role, which is less like dewy and mm. more like organizing the doing and then other people do the doing. Yeah. That's been really, yeah. that's been a really weird adjustment for me.
0: Yeah. I can imagine. I, I kind of look at people in those roles and places where I've worked. And um, I don't know, part of me, like it, it sounds like kind of bad to say that it's like, what do you do? Yeah. Kind of thing. And it's like, when I really think about it, you know, I mean, I guess a good frame of mind. I obviously completely understand what they do, mm. and what they do is actually really important because I don't want to talk to the client. I yeah, wanna that's write, it, I want to write code, so that's like, it, I'm glad that someone is saying, "Hey, here are your tasks for the day, and I will handle all the external stuff." Um, but yeah, it because it doesn't feel like you're building something, it can feel a bit like I'm just chatting. Yeah, exactly. I
1: mean, and it's tough. I definitely. In my role it's there are outputs in the form of like big strategic documents and stuff that I make which helps cuz I'm like oh, I did this I yeah, made something this right. week. But yeah, and like really it's it's so weird because like yeah, my role is very much like hey, solve problems. Mm. You don't know what they are yet. Yep. Um they're going to be different all the time. And that's cool in some ways, and in other ways it's like oh, what do I what am I doing? It's very not defined mm. strictly. Mm. But I think as well, you know, as I move into the next step in my career and everything. I think that something that I've built as a, a very strong skill has been like the ability to live and work in a sort of a, a nebulous environment where okay. it's very unclear. I yeah. define a lot of my role. I have a lot of autonomy. Um, you know, I feel like that helps. Okay. It, it it helps to get used to it. It's not ideal. Like the best job ever would be one where you're just like, this is the only thing you're responsible for. You're not responsible for anything outside of this. And if anyone asks you to do something outside of this, you don't do it. Yeah. And you just do this. And if you get it done, you finish the day. (laughs) Like that kind of thing would be like amazing, right?
0: You get so much headspace. I think that may exist. I mean, maybe like bigger companies where everything is really like like segmented. Procedured. Yeah.
1: I think as well, though, it depends on the kind of person you are. I certainly have peers who are really career oriented Mm. and like, you know, they love marketing. Mm. That's great. You know, I wouldn't say that I love marketing. Right. You know what I mean? I, I'm good at it. Yeah. Um, But like what interests me about marketing is like psychology mm. and also systems understanding yeah. and creative problem solving. Yeah, like okay. Those are really cool things. But like I have so much stuff outside of marketing that I'm interested in. Sure. That like I'm never happy to have, I'm never happy about like having something big at work that I'm trying to do and trying to achieve a big project at work. Uh, okay. And it's taking up time in my personal life. Yeah, there are some people who okay. are like, yeah, I'm going to kick this big goal. But for me, mm. I'm like, oh, if I'm mm. not working, I want to be doing like stuff with my band or yeah, stuff for with sure. my, like, writing comedy. Or, I, I, yeah, wonder I have if, other priorities, I guess.
0: I wonder if that um, people who do feel that way, they feel really gratified by doing those big projects at work. If Mm. that is just because the job happens to align with their interests or if it's just kind of this socially constructed thing of you must be good at this and that is the way you determine your value. I think that's like, it's probably a bit of both, right?
1: I think if you're interested in the thing you're doing and it's still novel to you, especially after all the time you've been doing it and like you get given bigger things and you are you know, you assign value to the company making more money or getting mm. praise or winning awards or something like that, then it's like probably great. Yeah. Marketing is a great industry for that because you can, you can do cool stuff and you can win awards Yeah, and you can be accomplished and desired mm. and poached and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but if you're like me, I mean, for me, it's like, I think it's a discipline. Yeah. I respect a lot of, I mean, I respect a lot of people in the discipline yep. who are very skilled. And there's definitely yeah. a huge difference between people who are good mm. and people who are not. At the end of the day, I'm just not passionate about making businesses who have lots of money more money. Yes. Doesn't align that's with my personal values. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's what you're doing in most jobs. Totally. It, it's, it's like it's, interesting. It's a hard problem to get past.
1: It's it's you know, it's the most funded thing. Yeah. Right? The easiest way to make money. And be a smart person is to help some business make more money yeah, yeah. and it just doesn't like make me want to get out of bed in the morning
0: if you can remove yourself from it though and kind of accept that you know it is more or less a means to an end maybe like maybe not one that you hate necessarily but one that you you don't love um but then you're deriving your value from all the other stuff in your life i think you can accept that but i think there is a default idea in our society of this is how you are good <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> Yeah,
1: you know Well, how much how much money are you making or yeah. like how, how important are you in your job or whatever yeah. and it's crazy i don't know man like i'm doing well in terms of earnings and status in the industry that i'm in right and it still doesn't really tick that box for yeah me. it's like, like who cares i can't yeah i can't like um make myself love it you know what i mean yeah there's a lot of things about it that are appealing, but I think it's just the end result. It just doesn't justify the means for me. Yeah. Or it just doesn't give me any kind of sense of satisfaction.
0: Well, I suppose, you know, it's a more passive thing to how it benefits your life, mainly in terms of income, right? Mm. Because, you know, doing fun shit often costs money. And, you know, like- For real. And I've kind of had this realization a while ago, like I think one of the best things you can buy with money is actually time. You know, like Dude, you can buy time huge. to not have to work. Um, so, you know, if you have that as your kind of end goal, your North star of working this whatever job um, and just kind of hustling in that respect, then you don't have to value the career progression. You no, don't have to value that stuff. You, you, you're you actually valuing your band and you're valuing your comedy and all that. For real. And yeah. I think
1: that's, that's a huge thing, man. And like, that's definitely where, you know, I think I'm in a, a pretty good position in my, in terms of my career, because like I have sort of been in the like on the, on the wheel in the rat race kind of thing. And having done that for so long, I am in a position where that I can look at getting, you know, like when I, I'm going to go do a big comedy festival and wrap up with my job and then I'm going to come back and try and find something part time and mm. I'll be able to make a pretty good amount of money doing something part time. Yeah. It'll still be marketing. Right, but the important thing, I guess, is that it's not going to be like eating into my, eating into my headspace, eating into my time. Yeah, and it's a privileged position that's come from the effort, I guess, that I put into building myself up, myself up over the last the last five years. Or whatever. For sure, and but five... totally, buying time is the is the thing, man. Yeah, people who are like really really wealthy, and obviously, okay, well let's say let's put it this way: people who are really really wealthy, they became wealthy because somebody else gave them their money, right? Mm. Like for the mm. most part. Not many people are actually self-made. Even the people who say they're self-made are like, I'm self-made. I got 10 grand from my mom and then I invested it in my business. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. not a lot of people actually are like, I'm just like huh, starting from the ground and just yeah. working my way up. Yeah. But, you know, a mindset that I think doesn't help you really in the long run is le- the mindset of like, I'm going to pinch pennies, save as much money as possible. I just don't like vibe with it because mm. ultimately... Yeah. You hate your life. <laughs> if you yeah. grind so hard, you know, and you never spend any money, it's tough. You know, it, I it prefer is. to spend my time doing stuff and I, you know, buying back your time is something that if you have a job that pays you pretty well, you should be doing it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah for sure. Because
1: it makes, and just like, I don't know, the more time you get to spend talking to people, doing things you like, mm. If like I was saying before, like when you're in a position where you have the headspace and the, the wallet space to yeah. say yes and do stuff. Yep all sorts of doors open for you that you're mm-hmm. not expecting. Like mm-hmm. just being someone who's out there who people know about, you're sending out signals all the time, you're doing things, you're having conversations. Yeah. It does stuff, you know, like sure. and it's un- unknowable. Can't plan it, mm. but it's it definitely helps, you know.
0: Yeah. And it opens so many doors that could even be financially viable doors. For
1: real. Yeah. You know, at least there's all those options, you know. It's a good place to be. You know, yeah. It's a good
0: place to be. Definitely, man. Mm. Um, A little bit about psychology um, I was kind of thinking about technology Mm. um, and I feel that the current sort of uh, generation of kids and teenagers will be a very interesting one psychologically in the next 10 and also years Um, and I feel like there's going to be perhaps a big demand for therapy um, given Mm. the circumstances that kids have found themselves in with COVID and Etc. And also over reliance on technology. Mm. Um, you know, I have in my notes here. It says, uh, "Kids on iPads equals I bad." Hey,
1: so hey, am I right? How how is it yeah. these touch screens have caused us to lose touch? Am I? Am I know I, it's right. it's <laughs> wild. <Who's> with me? <laughs> Phones bad. No, but for real, it's it's an interesting thing because, yeah, man. You can't. You know, there's no like rewinding the clock on this one. I think any anyone whose thing is like we should spend less time on our phones is like it's unrealistic. Yeah, people yeah. love their phones. Their yeah. phones. We've we've figured out, <laughs> and they can be good, dude. TikTok is probably the best example of like it's like the perfect app. Mm. Someone's created a an absolutely like unbelievably effective thing where that gets you to stay on it as long as possible. It just gives you novelty. It's like totally like hacks the human attention span like it's incredible like it's amazing that somebody can come up with that yeah um uh, you know and they've optimized it there's all sorts of amazing like things about it but yeah people are uh you know i think it's it's quite interesting because if you look at younger generations in some ways there's a lot about them that's really promising and it comes from how connected they are to each other socially like for example i would find like i think this is hard to substantiate. Haven't go do the research for you later, but like your average um, Gen Z or Delta or whatever, they're a little bit more like socially accepting of different people. Mm. They're more, mm. uh, they're less inclined to bully someone about something that they can't control. They still bully each other, doing it wrong, but they're not like, hey, "You're fat." Yeah, like yeah, yeah. they just don't do the same kind of shit that we used to do. Yeah, and then they're a lot more focused on like. I mean, they got bigger problems, I guess. Imagine being like, we're, we're millennials, right? Yeah. But imagine being born and then just like the first thing you understand as soon as you become conscious is some adult is like, you're going to have to fix all this. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, man. Oh yeah, global warming. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna, this is your problem. Like there are kids who are like traumatized. Um, I did a paper on, um, I'm studying psychology for 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 the listeners here. I did a paper on like climate anxiety. Mm. And it's like, hugely increasing yeah and it's like people find it debilitating to realize that there's a huge climate emergency that they might have some hand in it Mm. people become convinced that it's their issue and that their personal choices make a huge impact right so you get things like uh like consumer uh what's the word i'm looking for I, I, i don't remember the exact term but it's like Feeling paralyzed.
0: Oh, okay. Option paralysis. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where you're like, like I
1: can't buy any right. laundry detergent because it's all bad. I see. <laughs> you right, know? right, right. And then you have yeah. you can't clean your clothes because you ba- you can't pick the laundry detergent right. because no right. laundry detergent is good for the planet, actually. Mm-hmm. And that sort of stuff, which is, is super interesting. I think... And there's this whole school of like, oh, shit, we need to come up with like, how do you therapize these people? Yeah. Because ordinarily, when someone has anxiety... Let's say that you're you're anxious about leaving the house. Yeah. You know, let's say you have agoraphobia. Some people, what they think is going to happen is they're going to leave the house and something really bad is going to happen. Mm. And then the more you interrogate it, the more it becomes clear, and the more they interrogate it, that it's like, well, nothing bad's going to happen. Right. What happens if I'm going to get on the bus? What if everybody looks at me? What if they laugh at me? Yeah. But actually, it's like, well, they won't. Right. And yeah. you can eventually bring someone to that. But when your anxiety is like, huh, we're doing irreparable damage to the planet and nothing's going to stop it mm. as a therapist, you can't really be like, Oh, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it <I> is true. <laughs> I really think it
0: through. Yeah. It's like, Oh, and, I've thought it through and yeah. look,
1: you know? Yeah. And, um, and it's like, these are the kinds of, it, it's a new, new problems for, for a new generation. Mm. And I think, you know, yeah, a really big thing to, to sort of bring it back to what you're saying originally. Yes. There's phones, there's interconnectedness there'll be benefits and downsides to to any new technology. Right. Mm. But something that's quite bad. And maybe you've even felt this yourself is like, it's very difficult to get away from like bad shit that's happening. Mm. Like I totally took myself off Twitter and off of Reddit during the pandemic because I was just like getting so depressed reading stuff. Sure. I read a couple of things on Twitter this morning and made me not want to get out of bed. There's like another Mm. school shooting in the U S and you just read about stuff and you're like, this is horrible. Like, what yeah. can I do? It is bad. Like, yeah. And I guess the, the reality is that, um, there's always been the same amount of horrible shit happening. Right. All the time throughout all of history. Yeah. Like there's always people getting, getting imprisoned. Mm-hmm. There's always people being trafficked. There's always yeah. people being slaughtered, yeah. wars, etc. And the difference that we have now is that you just know, hear about all of it, mm-hmm. you know, about everything. Yep. And, um, and so the modern problem is not ignorance, it's like feeling as if you're like numb to things that are happening because yeah. you just and you're like I should care about every issue, but I but I can't find it in
0: me to care about every issue. For know? sure. Like I think about this a lot. It's kind of like we're running on this old hardware of the brain. Mm. And you know, the brain is telling us, "Oh, I saw this like crazy thing on Twitter. Panic. You know, yeah. do something about it." You know, people are in danger. You need to protect them, Mm. whatever it is. And it's kind of like playing tricks on you to kind of get you to think that it's something that you can immediately repair. And it's not to say that, you know, people can't, don't have any power to change and, you know, make change, do that sort of thing. But, you know, the amount of stimulus that you're getting that is just so negative um, compared to what you can actually do in this moment about it is in, the in, ratio in your so like whole lifetime of. about yeah.
1: it, right? Like, sure. I think it is like you. You really have to just pick something and yeah. care about it. Like, yeah. nobody has the bandwidth to care about, yeah. Like, refugee crisis, mm. climate crisis, human yeah. trafficking. Yeah. Like, who could who could tackle all of it? Nobody. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, it's, and I think that that's something that's quite difficult. Is like the feeling that there's all this stuff happening. It's very unclear who's dealing with it. Mm. There's no like surety about, like, oh, you know what? It's, you know what? Okay, here's an example. If there's like a fire, some you call the fire department and it's like, you know what? They got this. Yeah. I'm not going to have to put out the fire. Uh-huh. They got it. It's yeah. a big building on fire. You know who's going to do that? The fire department. Right. That's really simple. We love that kind of thing. When it's like, yeah, there's this is really soci- socio political. Complex issue that's happening over here. Mm, mm. There's no solution. Yeah, should I be doing something? Right, Right. doing what? It's impossible. Even if you had
0: all the money in the world, you you can't necessarily just throw money at every problem. Totally. I
1: mean, yeah, exactly, man. I mean, and so I think the solution is the people who are the. I mean, it just depends on 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 your definition of like. I wouldn't say happiest, but like people who feel the most satisfied are people who just pick something. Yeah. Pick a battle and they do it, you yeah. know? Um, I think a lot about um, like Ashton Kutcher, What he has a foundation that works. It literally is just built to deal with like child trafficking, right? Mm. Very serious issue, which is, and that's what he's been doing. Like ever since he's been not acting, like right. that's, that's his whole, that's his whole thing that he does. Mm. And like, it's horrible. Like, and he talks about it and you can see that it's like, eating them up you know like he's really focused on the issue he's seeing shit that's fucked all the time yeah and um like ashton kutcher doesn't need to worry about the climate crisis mm. he's probably concerned about it in the background but like he can't be effective at at, at solving like he's got yes. a foundation that helps yep. with child trafficking like they they solve problems yeah like federal agencies get in touch with them to help solve and find children who've gone missing, right? And they do it. Like that guy, he doesn't need anything else on his plate. He yeah. should
0: he's picked it. Let him do it, you Dude, know, okay. that kind of thing. So this is the argument that I always give to people who like cuz I I don't engage with social media much. I, I like to think I have a pretty healthy relationship with it. That's good. for for a long time I just completely deleted all the apps um and you know, people kind of came at me with this thing of oh, but like you need to be informed about stuff. And it's like, I keep trying to resolve this in my head and I don't really know if there's actually a good reason for me to be informed that isn't just, oh, I can talk about something at like a party, you know, and tell people, oh yeah, I know what's going on in the world. Yeah. Um, But like you said, I would argue that the constant exposure to so much bad stuff is gonna put me in a more anxious state more of the time and actually prevent prevent me from making positive changes in my own life and therefore affecting my greater community.
1: For real. Like, you know what? Like, we just had an election. And um, uh, man, the I, th- in my opinion, hey, in my opinion, the previous government, the, the Morrison government, was, was terrible and they did a lot of shitty stuff and like bad choices. And I hated engaging with the media about it. Right. But I enjoyed engaging with political media around election time because mm. I was like, Hmm, now I can do something. Right. Yeah. Like, true. Oh, it's, I get to vote. Yeah. Cool. What's everybody doing? Right. What's everybody saying they're going to do? What's the current climate like, you know, yep. that sort of thing. Whereas before I was just like, oh, government's fucked up the pandemic. Yeah. It's, what it's are a, we going to do? It's like, a
0: smart way to, you know, pull your emotional resources and, you know, spend them when they're useful to spend. Right.
1: Totally. And that that's totally the thing. Like we actually have emotional resources. And that's, that's, we like to think that we don't have a limit to how much we can feel, mm. but we do. Like, yeah. and there are just things that we're so far removed by that you, you can't care about it. There are issues, yeah. like, for, okay, for example, I'll, I'll use an issue. There's like <sighs> species of animals that are going extinct. I couldn't give a shit about it. Some people care and it's important that there are people who do care, mm. but like, I can't be like, I'd be yeah. eating myself alive. Cause I'm like, yeah. what am I doing for that? Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, it's so it's, it's tough. Like, and you're just constantly hearing about things and you feel this like moral obligation to care mm. and you, you kind of want to care. Like we're, yeah. we're social creatures. Yeah. We, we see other people suffering. If we see animals suffering, like we, we want to feel that. Mm. But yeah, I totally agree with you, man. Like a lot of the time, if you were just not on social media, mm. you're just missing out on, beating yourself up about something you're not going to do anything about anyway. But what
0: like what is the skill of learning to disengage like that and you know maybe even be exposed to things and just have that presence of mind to realize that I can't actually do anything because I I feel like some people whether it's a natural heightened empathy or something Mm. they can't do that like they're so addicted to this you know internal state change that they just can't change it it's extremely
1: hard to to imagine like i think that to understand somebody else's empathizing with something would take like the most incredible amount of empathy right Right, like for me personally i i feel like i used to engage a lot with stuff and like just personally like part of the way that i've accepted Mm. things accepted what i can and can't change yeah is like you know there are things that i do take responsibility for you know, simple things that I can do that help. Yeah. I'll do them. And the same thing, like, you know, I think when I vote, I try and be very informed when I vote, when there's an issue and I'm going to speak about it. I try yes. and be very informed about it. You know, yep. I, I just want to know what I'm talking about and I yep. don't want to send bad messages to other people. Yeah. And in some ways as well, like the other thing that I feel like and nothing I do is like saintly or, or that good, mm. but you know, just trying to set an example, in the way I live my life and, and in the way I conduct myself. Mm. And if I think other people are being sort of shitty, yeah, being honest, pulling them up on it. yeah, Good citizen sort of shit. It's having values. Yeah, having values and, and acting in line with your principles. That's good for you. But I think like in terms of like, how do I accept that, uh, you know, I can't personally do anything about climate change. How do I accept that I can't personally do anything about war in Ukraine or, you know, refugee camps, offshore or anything, you know, school shootings in the U S and mm-hmm. it's like, it's all that shit is horrible. Like yeah. it's terrible, but it's also like you, you, we are limited in terms of what we can fathom. Mm. And, and ultimately I think, you know, part of it is coming to terms with just like the fact that it's, uh, I mean, this is going to sound kind of, kind of gloomy, but like, you know, everything that happens is, is like random and meaningless. Mm. That's Mm. my philosophy. And I think that that's very difficult to get to grips with. I think it's really scary to think about like, what if there's no reason or purpose to anything that happens? Mm. Um, But for me, I found it quite like freeing to just be like stuff happens. My job is to just experience Mm. the universe, Mm. experience whatever version I get to experience. Yeah and like do stuff that I feel is right, do what I can. If I had the resources to solve lots of big problems, I'd, I'd try and take it on. I think that would be yeah. something that I'd, I would feel obliged to do, but like, I'm just a guy. And I think, you know, accepting that you're n- not like some main character. Yeah. You're just like a random person who there's no reason that you exist and you're just yeah. in life and everything's just happening and mm. all humans will die eventually. And, it will all be nothing like in the scheme of the amount of time that the earth is here in the scheme of the amount of time that the universe is here. Nothing that we do or experience will, will mean anything ultimately Mm. kind of spooky, but at the same time, it's like, yeah. So I guess I'll just stick to finding, finding my own kind of meaning. Let other people find their own kind of meaning. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy for me to say that Mm. because I live a very comfortable, right. Non-suffering life. Mm. But it's also like, I did, you, you, did I even choose that? No. Yes. Like yeah. nobody chooses anything. Totally. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's wild, man. But that's yeah. like big, deep philosophy shit. Like mm. it's, that's not like a standard way to come about, um, coping with what happens. But mm. I think that there is like a real, like, I think it's effective. It's effective. Yeah. I think, you know, just coming to terms with the idea that like, we have this innate need for the, everything to make sense. Mm. And like, it doesn't. There's, yeah, the world is cruel and yeah. random. And like the more you t- you try to tell yourself that it, it doesn't and there's meaning to everything, you mm. it it hurts you when things happen that are bad. Like yeah.
0: morally. Because you set an expectation for yourself that it should make sense.
1: Yeah, or like and, and you're like, Oh, what's the reason that this is happening? Mm. Or like this is the world shouldn't be this way. But it's like it,
0: mm. it's always been this way. Uh, I it, it is kind of strange though, because you know, in some ways I do engage with the idea of everything happens for a reason, but it, I think majority of the time, the reason is just a long causal link that has happened since the big bang. And it's not identifiable to in a way that we can sort of frame as a story.
1: I think like everything happens for a reason is like a, I've been thinking about this a little bit and like, uh, this is just my own take. I've been thinking of, it's kind of like a cognitive bias because like it's hindsight. Like when you get to a place where you can, where you've, you've landed somewhere in particular and it's good. When you're happy, right. You can, you can easily be like, wow, this moment where I'm happy, but I've experienced all these things that are sad. Mm. It's so crazy how all the bad things I've experienced have led me to this point where I'm happy. Right. I guess everything happens for a reason. But then you'll be sad again, right? And then right. you'll be like, "What the hell?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the reason? What the fuck? Yeah, but yeah. But then later you'll be like, "Yeah, yeah." So for for me, for example, like I had like a a really long relationship that ended. It was like eight years long, and then and now I'm doing great, and I'm like, "Wow!" When it when I had that breakup, I was like, "This is horrible." Yeah. But now I'm like, "Wow!" Great thing that we broke up because yeah. yeah. I'm I'm feeling so much happier now. Yeah. Now it's easy for me to be like, everything happens for a reason. Right. Wow. Because I wouldn't have learned all this stuff going through that experience. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't take anything back. But it's like so easy to say that when you're doing well. You know what I mean?
0: It's true. I I think like, you know, there is a wholesome quality to it in some way. You know, I think that it it kind of develops your ability to see silver linings. Um, As Mm. long as you couple that with an acceptance that things will eventually be bad again.
1: For real, it literally comes from just the place of accepting that things are the way they are, yes, like oh, yeah, yeah. wow, how things are right now, in a way, we're destined to be like this because yeah. they are like this, mm. so there's no other way that it would have worked out. Like the present moment is absolute, and then yeah. it's just like, well, anything that led to this was meant to happen because I guess it did happen for sure. Right. I guess, think, I think, it comes back to what you're saying, I don't think we have the like. Hardware mm. to be able to comprehend really the causal nature of time, right? All the events that happen and how they accumulate into things. Yeah, we can sort of do cross sections
0: and. Be we like, have a theoretical understanding of how that came to be, but mm. seeing it in in a, a fragment of time that makes sense. And is also, really like hard.
1: you know, we put a lot more emphasis on when we get into a situation. We like to think that our actions led to that situation. When right. in fact, it's like. Okay, well, you probably, you know, let's say, oh, wow, I'm, I'm doing really well in my career. Let's say, we were talking about that before. Oh, I'm doing really well in my career. It must be because I did stuff. But maybe not. Like, mm. there's all sorts of shit. Like, even just today, your decisions were probably affected by, like, how hungry you were. Yeah, Were you dehydrated? Yeah, What's your gut biome like? Mm. Um, What kind of, did you get sunshine? There's all these, like, random things that, um, you know, we're kind of, like we have agency, but you know, that agency is very easily impacted by the, our environment. And so in some ways our environment shapes us. Mm, and mm. so it's like, but you know, in hindsight, anytime we've made a decision or anything that has ever happened to us, we will take full credit for. Right. Yeah. But it's like, course. maybe it was because I had a good lunch that day that yeah. I did an amazing pitch and it led to this cool job that I got. Yeah. It, you know, not it's not the lunch, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard to fathom the number of variables there are that lead to any given thing happen, happening of to course. us. Of it,
0: course, it's kind of, it's, it's strange because, yeah, in some ways we can't really, like, identify that causal chain that happened. But at the same time, we do have knowledge about, some of those things and how they work, which kind of leads to this culture of life hacks and stuff. You oh know? man. To where it's like, okay, you know, you're going to have, you know, fast and you're going to have this like perfect diet. And then, you know, you're going to have this amount of sleep and you know, if you control all these factors um, then generally you probably will feel better. Like most of the time.
1: I think that's it, man. The life hack thing is so interesting to me because I I think that it's a very noble pursuit to be like I want to understand myself and I want to imp- I want to just improve my quality of life. I think that's great. I, you know, exist in the marketing world and I think that life hacks or, or like it has just been co-opted for like the lamest possible reason. Like we're at mm. to the point where I have had dudes like talking to me about like how they're getting into nootropics or like how a dude is like, I'm microdosing LSD. Right, right. But like, it's like, I'm microdosing LSD because if I do it just before I check my emails, I'm like 20% more productive It's emails. <laughs> like what the, what a lame reason <laughs> yeah. to do drugs. Like honestly, you know what I mean? What I'll an, an been unfun, been how do you take something growth. like LSD and ruin it? And just yeah. be like, what if I could use this to make my business that I work for yeah. more money? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, for sucks. sure. You're nailing it, dude. Yeah, right. It's like, uh, so I feel like there's that mm. kind of, um, I think that it's, it's good. And in many ways, like heaps of stuff I do is like, I think the hacking thing and being in touch with yourself are kind of on the same spectrum mm-hmm. for me. I'm like, I like to be in touch with myself to the point where I'm like, Hmm, I need to sleep. Yeah. I'm not doing good. Yeah. I should just quit trying to do something. I'm trying to do this paper today. Yeah. I'm not going to get it done today. I'm yeah. too tired. Yeah. I'm just going to go to sleep. I'll get up. I'll do it tomorrow. Mm. That's that's hacking. It's like, cool. I realize that I'm incapable of doing something and I've accepted it and I'll just get up and do it tomorrow.
0: I would love to see you write a marketing campaign for that hack.
1: Right, for real. Yeah, I know. Just like, hey, just don't do it. Um, yeah. But like, honestly, man. There's like, nothing to buy there. <laughs> so much productivity hacking stuff is like, it for the purpose of somebody else, like yeah, true. how do you be a more effective cog yeah, <laughs> in the wheel? Right, right. right. Um, man, I can get so many more emails done if I like have pre-workout and then I work out at precisely <laughs> 5.30 in the morning and then I meditate for 30 minutes. Like yeah, those things, eating well, meditating, like that kind of shit is great. Do it for yourself. Like, yep. you know, take care of your body. And if if it's working out for you, and you feel good, and yeah. it's easy to get through your life, and you're enjoying yourself. Mm. That's one thing. But I've just seen so many people co opt it for, like, I'm really stressed. I have too much work. Yeah. And ultimately, that's because they're being exploited. Yeah. Right. Because that's what happens. You work for a big business, they try and get as much out of you as they can. And their solution is, I need to be capable of doing more. They're, they're coping. And they're coping by trying to improve themselves. To make them more capable of doing the work, yeah, and, and you, know, you just get more work. I remember you work,
0: you just get more in yeah. the job that I really didn't like that I mentioned earlier. Mm. Um, I I was really getting into a lot of this stuff as well, and mm. like working out a lot, and you know, meditating and stuff like that. I've done it too, you know. And it's like it made it bearable, um, but you shouldn't be working towards making something bearable <laughs> for real. <laughs> like, and it's like, what a terrible
1: like these are all working out and meditating and stuff are great amazing things you can do for yourself. Horrible things to do in the name of coping with a job that's stressing you out yeah, or just like being more effective for somebody else's gain. It was almost Terrible. like,
0: okay, here's this like really good source of dopamine and just good chemicals. And so it tricks me into thinking I don't hate my job.
1: Yeah. 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 For real. And that's like, oh man, but imagine if you didn't hate your job and you were doing that, bro. Like you love it, right? It's yeah. a good time. Yeah. I have a friend who just moved to, just moved to Bali, and like the decision to move to Bali came from. He has a business that he runs online. He and his partner realized that they could spend the same amount of money that they'd spend living in Bondi and live in Bali and yeah. just have a just have a better time. Yeah, like eat way better, sleep Big more, house probably bigger house. Yeah. somebody's cleaning the house for them. Yep, S- buying time, right? Same yeah. thing you were talking about before, and then and then it's like cool. I meditate. I'm exercising. I get to work for five hours a day. It's chill. Yeah. I know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. That kind of stuff is, is great. Like that's a really good way to do it. I think that's something that's, that's like if you're a business owner or you're working for yourself, it's like cool to be really productive. Cause yeah. it's like, yeah, you're making yourself more money, bro. Yeah, Hell yeah. yeah. It's not like, Oh man, the job I get paid 70 K a year for, no matter how good I do it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes. I'm going to crush it. Like yeah, exactly. who cares? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, but yeah, I think that kind of thing is interesting. It's good to know what you can achieve. And I think that it's like healthy to want to achieve things. Mm. But I think if you're not doing that for yourself, it's bad. And, and it's like in service of, well, it teaches you as well to like constantly that you're the source of your problems. You must improve yourself. Mm. Um, and it's kind of like a, I don't know. I don't have like a good way of, of doing this, but it, it's like an anti-rest mindset as well. Which is yeah, it, honestly it sets
0: an expectation of like, oh, you didn't work out today. Oh, you, you suck. You, you, right? Yeah, terrible. It's
1: yeah. it's actually like you know taking care of yourself. I think it's it can be bad psychologically yeah. to take that mind frame because it's like actually sometimes mm. what you need to do it's is be nothing, a piece of shit, like, totally. like you said, yeah, dude. Like honestly, have you ever tried? I mean, you're a creative. You've got you, you play in a band. I can see instruments here. <laughs> right, Heaps of them. And yeah. like, for me, I don't know if you find this, but like, can you make yourself play guitar? Can, is that, is that something that you enjoy when you're like, you know what? Huh. I better play guitar for 30 minutes. That's, day.
0: that's a really good point. Every time I've tried to do that. And, you know, cause I feel like I've been out of touch with my guitar playing recently. Like I used to be really into like building technique and mm. like very structured playing. Mm. Um, and, you know, I've I've actually had that in my mind for a long time. Like, oh, I'd love to just get back to that. You know, thirty minutes a day is all it would take. Mm. And like, and I feel like I'm almost like selling, trying to sell myself on the idea. Mm. Um, and but then there's been moments where I'm like, I just glance over and oh yeah, actually I haven't played in a while. Like that'd be kind of cool. And because in that moment I am wanting to do it, it's so it's, much more. It's enjoyable. way better, right? Yeah, I feel like, you
1: know, there's some stuff you just can't force. And I think a lot of it is that sort of like creative stuff, you know, it's difficult. Yeah. Some people have amazing processes, Yeah, but it's also like, you know, some people have a privilege in that they have no other responsibilities Yeah, and they make their earning from their music or they make their earning some other way that they have heaps of time for music. But personally, when I want to do creative stuff, I can't like make myself do creative stuff. Mm. I have to take everything else away. Yeah. Like the only time I'm feeling creative is when I'm like not busy. Yeah. Not working that much. Uh-huh. Like bored. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. getting to the point where I'm actually like fucking bored. It
0: is very strange. And, and I, I it think, emerges. I know? think it's a, this is a pretty uh, well understood idea. It's kind of this thing of like you're on a bus and you look out the window and you don't have any headphones or like a book to read or anything mm-hmm. or your phone. And the more you just kind of stare out the window, the more these like epic ideas come to your head. And it's the silence and the, you know- the the quiet that brings that I remember when I was on a meditation retreat it was a ten day silent retreat oh my god yeah that's that's hectic dude yeah and it was really frustrating in more ways than one but uh one one particularly part that was frustrating was you you couldn't write anything down or read anything so the idea is like to have no stimulus at all really Jesus you're just meditating like ten hours a day that would be just so
1: hard. Like cold Turkey would just be unbelievably hard.
0: And I came up with the craziest and best ideas ever. And I had to just do my best to trust that I would remember some of them at the end of the 10 days. Mm. And I did for some of them. I remember I was working on a song. I was writing a song and I was kind of like stuck with like, how do I finish this song? Like it's cool, but like it's something missing. Mm. And then I kind of like thought of this little riff or like this different way to play a different sort of like Mm. rhythm to it. I was like, this is sick. Like, this is so cool. I'm just sitting there <laughs> meditating in the whole, I'm like, Fuck, I just want to grab a guitar and like all like write this down somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was that philosophy or that totally. um, concept on acid. You know? Dude. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, I
1: mean, and then ideally in that situation, it's like, okay, if it's good enough, grab the dictaphone and just sing into the fucking. Yes. And then, and then go back to meditating and get yeah. it out of your head. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's totally it. Like, man, that's amazing. Mm. Cause you know what, like I actually found, you know, speak, this kind of get back to the, like the life hack situation. I've gone from I'm like the opposite side of the spectrum where I've I've come to a place at the moment where I'm like I'm getting just getting to the end of my job, burned out as hell. Yeah. And my life hacks are like, how do I make myself do the responsibilities that I have? <laughs> how do I make myself care enough to just carry out the job for the next? Right. Month? Right. You okay. know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Yeah. And it's. Dude, dopamine detox. Mm. It's crazy how much you're just getting dopamine from being on your fucking phone. Or yep. for me at the moment, it's like just squeezing in a quick five minutes time control game of chess. It's ah. so such an and it just kills oh, the time. The just disappears. You get the little rush. Yep. You know, but you know, if I need to actually do something for work, uh, the best thing to do, I I swear by this. It's horrible, but the best thing to do is go sit in a chair look at the wall you can sit there for as long as you want but you're not allowed to do anything until you until you do you can basically the next thing you do has to be work mm. and you're sitting there until you feel like doing the work and eventually you will be so bored that you want to do the work like you just have to be like i'm just just i'm not going to check my phone i'm not going to do a chore. I'm not going to yeah. empty my dishwasher. I'm not going to eat something. I'm not going to drink any water. I get to sit in this. I get a break as long as I want. But yeah. I have to sit here and do nothing. And then eventually you'll just be like,
2: nah. work <laughs> yeah. is better than this.
1: Literally. Like you just, you, because at the moment, because there's so many things that are so much easier than doing your job that give yep. you dopamine, mm-hmm. that there's no reason that you would be motivated to do something ever. Yes. So yeah. in a way, and it's the same as the meditation retreat. It's like just mm. taking away all the dopamine. Yeah. Your brain is forced to like have ideas because yep. like otherwise you'd fucking hate it. <laughs> yeah. Like, this and it
0: sorts <laughs> through all the stuff that you haven't dealt with for like a long time, sometimes years as well. Yeah, for um, real. But yeah, like that, that's sitting in a chair and doing nothing, staring at the wall. I remember you told me this um, mm. when I saw you recently, and that's the, the that was the stimulus. So I was like, oh, I gotta get you on this podcast. Like that's so fascinating to me, man. Mm. I really, really dig that idea. It's
1: it's like yeah, it, it's horrible, but it works. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. It, and I think that's you know it, it sort of touches on all the things we've talked about, like yeah. work, phones <laughs> and shit. Yeah, but like psychology. Like it is really like easy to get fixes of dopamine. And, yeah, and being doing all the stuff you want to do kind of requires like. You to want for something more than to just be placated. Yeah, like, exactly. Um, like
0: it's it's kind of what we we're saying before about being exposed to news and stuff. Mm. It's like you're you're having this choice to not engage. So like when you're distracted by your phone, a notification that you like don't care about, or you know you have a compulsion to check something. There's a part of your mind that's like, oh, I know this is dumb. Like yeah, I like I, 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 like. <laughs> there's no reason I'm doing it apart from the habit, yeah. and apart from just like, oh, it could be really cool. Like, there's just this yeah, little part of brain that just really wants to go for it.
1: Especially TikTok, bro, where it's mm. like you're mixing like the physical movement of the hand with yeah. the new stimulus. Like, there's something yeah. really quite like captivating pa- Pavlovian. About. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> right? It's like it's it's perfect. That's why yeah. it's so good. That's why yeah. it's such a good app. Yeah. Um. That's why it's so successful. But yeah, dude
0: exactly I I remember um, also I was talking to you about the Pomodoro technique Mm. which is basically you work for 25 minutes very focused no distractions Mm. like phone on airplane mode kind of thing Uh, and then you have five minutes of rest Mm. so in the rest you can look at your phone you can go for a walk you can get some tea Mm. whatever you want to do and I've found this to be so effective because if there's stuff that I really really don't want to do I just set that timer 25 minutes and then around the 10 minute mark I'll get my first compulsion to do something mm. else uh, because the paper I'm writing has like a gut um, like writer's block for a sec yeah you know um, and so it's like I literally have like noticed my hand just going down to the phone and then oh wait a second mm. there's a timer on I'm not allowed to do that right now but I will be able to do it in 15 minutes I'm actually not trapped mm. it's just a temporary thing. And so that gives me the confidence to just keep going and get in a flow state because I know that eventually I will run out of brain power to write the paper and I can just switch. Totally. I actually do like for
1: writing papers and shit, that's when I need that the most. With Mm. work, it's like, uh, you know, whatever. for me, honestly, man, you know, to be totally (laughs) frank with you, for work, it's like the thing that's going to get this task done is I have to present it in an hour from now. Yeah. that's kind of how bad it's gotten for me like right, but right. It, it's like you know it hasn't always been like that but it's just like eh, do job years. five years I'm burned out mm. I'm good at the job and I know I can actually turn something out really really fast and it just needs that like the the, the adrenaline to yeah. do it. yeah but like for like writing papers which is something I want to do but is yeah. boring yeah, like yeah. you know there's a lot about writing a paper that sucks mm. the research. Is interesting, but yep. it's also it's also shit. It's laborious, like <laughs>
0: laborious. You
1: know, you got to read a lot. Not everything's that interesting.
0: A million Chrome tabs
1: open. Totally doing. right. Horrible. Um, I've got systems for how I do it. You know? Yeah. So I, it's focused, but yeah, I set a timer and I'm like, I'm gonna do an hour of just gonna do it. And yeah. I put my phone in the other room. I'll hear the yeah. alarm. It's in the other room. You end up. Fi- I often find. I'll do two hours of work. Yeah. Like literally just, yeah. you just get into that flow yep. eventually. And it just takes getting over the initial hill of the yes. initial, I need to do something. Starting anything
0: is so hard. And then man. it's
1: just cause you get bored enough that you're like, the only thing to do is keep doing this. Yep. Otherwise I got nothing. And then yeah. it helps, you know, it and does help. you know,
0: like I think you got to like we touched on before, like give yourself rest, give yourself time to relax. Like, mm have those days where it's like, okay, it's actually not getting done today. Totally. But I think that's a sliding scale as well. So, you know, it might not be, oh, I can't do any work today, but it might be like, oh, I'm feeling really lazy. But like if I do one Pomodoro or I do one hour's work, like I'll be happy. And even though realistically I should be doing six or eight hours today in Mm. order to get it done in time, I'm only going to set myself the goal of the one hour because- For real then I will not feel guilty about watching Netflix and just being a piece of shit.
1: Yeah, in your heart of hearts, you know the difference. You know, you can feel it. The difference between I just don't want to do it and I can't do it. Like, yeah. I'm too tired yeah. or I'm going to do a bad job. Yeah, and But you know what helps me in, in situations like that is um, one of my favorite, actually one of my favorite like sayings, obviously I know sayings are like, there's always one for every situation, even the inverse of, different situations <laughs> yeah
0: like anti-sayings
1: there's literally like sayings that contradict each other that are like because it's just like oh it's a common saying so it must be true like right right classic one is like oh the 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 squeaky wheel gets the grease so like if you speak up you'll get attention but then there's like oh the nail that sticks up gets hammered that's the complete opposite um <laughs> yeah. but like you know yeah. if something that stuck with me a lot which i i find is a really good guiding principle as a dude who's generally lazy and must trick himself into working Right, right. is like it's uh you know uh what it if something's worth doing it's worth doing poorly Uh. right if it's worth exercising but you don't feel like going and doing that two-hour run Mm. do 15 minutes of exercise it's better than not doing it yeah right if i need to write my paper and i'm not going to do a good job of writing my paper today do a shit job of writing my paper and edit it tomorrow yeah like that kind of thing helps. Like, I just need to mm. do something. Get on the board. Just literally put something on the board. And then, yeah. And a lot, oftentimes, even with creative stuff, man. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm a much better editor than I mm. am a writer. Right. At anything. Mm. And so, oftentimes, putting something on the page that's shit is, yeah. the, is the first thing. That's step. how you do it. That's how you do literally, it.
0: Literally, you have to word vomit and then you have to edit.
1: And you're like, this sucks. But then you look at it the next day and you're like, well, this doesn't suck as much. I'll yeah. keep this.
0: Yep, you know, and so I think there's two points to that that I want to raise. One is that that the interim time between the word vomit and the editing is presumably when you're sleeping, uh, or at least resting, and so your brain is actually putting together this stuff in the unconscious part of yeah, your it's mind. It's incubation, exactly, and it, it's it's making connections between ideas that you didn't necessarily know when you were consciously writing the ideas. Yeah, and then the next morning you're like, oh my god, like this actually makes so much sense now. I can just put this together. Um, which I think is like really, really changed things for me that you can um, you can do that. Also, there is this site, I don't know if you've used it, it's called Write or Die, really cool. It's mm. like a very simple web app. You start typing and you set yourself a goal of like, okay, I wanna write for 10 minutes or I wanna get to this word count. Mm. And so it will like set the timer for you. And then as soon as you stop typing, Bad shit starts happening. So, on one mode, there's like the screen goes red and it's like, "Eh, eh." (laughs) and then there's another one where there's like spiders crawling on the screen. Oh, shit. And then my favorite one is kamikaze mode, which is you stop typing for about five seconds and then it starts deleting what you've already written. Oh, that's so fucked. And so, if you're like, if you're trapped in this mindset of, oh, like I want to write something, but it's got to be perfect. Mm. And then you just have to literally be like, nope. Yeah. Just write something, like even random characters. Just keep it going. No, yeah. Oh shit, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Now that's that's really fun. I might give that a go. That's yeah. really dope
0: I I use it in desperate situations where I'm like, all right, nothing is coming, mm. and I'm also not trying. Yeah, like, and I I I've, I'm so afraid of failure that I just can't even start.
1: Yeah, it's know? yeah, dude. It's like that. I think as well. Yeah, I don't know. In hindsight, I don't know if you found this as a as a, a fellow mature age student. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it feels gross to say it, yeah. but yeah, like mm, I start things on time, if that makes sense. Yep. like uh, yeah, like something that I used to do, which is terrible, was never start stuff. Yeah, at least now it's like, okay, this thing's due in two weeks. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna start writing it. Yeah,
1: like. Not great. I'm right. not gonna like have it done with a week I'd, to spare. I just on
0: the first day, I make the Word document and I write the header.
1: Yeah. And then just That's like, it. okay, I'm having ideas. Blah. I put my little thing that I do for myself for what it's worth, is I when I write anything, I write it in red text. I, I change the color of the of the the font to red. And that tells me this isn't the final thing. Ah uh. I when I when I've Proofed something yeah. I read a paragraph through I make edits to it And then when I really like it yeah. I Change the color of that paragraph To black And that no. to me is like This is now Set it in stone Not a draft yeah. This is now Well this is actually a draft Second It's draft. not Brained yeah, right. up anymore yeah. The red text is just to let myself know I've yeah. been doing this for years this is okay. You write anything you want here. You can write <laughs> shit that doesn't, that's never going to make it into, you can write yeah. your thoughts. Yeah. You can write, this thing fucking sucks. Yeah. Like yeah. anything you want. It's, yeah. If it's in red, it's not, I haven't checked it. And so yeah. I always yeah. check everything. It just makes me feel secure. That's like, this really is, smart. Mm-mm. And
0: then, you know, if you have a mix of red and black, like, you know that you're not going to have to differentiate between two pieces of black text. Yeah,
1: and you're like, okay, this is the stuff that I need to work on as well. Yeah. At a glance, you're like, yeah. I'm coming into this for another day. Yeah. I've gotten up, I've, I've made my coffee. I'm going to work on this paper. You know what I'm going to work on? The red stuff, and yeah. I'll I'll check the black stuff when I make edits. But yeah. the red stuff needs doing. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's in red. That's right. It needs right. to be fixed. And then you, right. you know, it, it helps. You have some priorities that way. It's good. Incredible. Yeah, little tricks. But that's the thing. I think like a lot of people. There are some people in, on this earth who are truly based <laughs> <laughs> who get up in the morning at 6 a.m. They work out. Yeah. They eat the perfect meal. Yeah. They love it. Yeah. They, they meditate. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. They have an extremely amazing work-life balance. Mm. They have heaps of money. They just go, they're like, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to write a chapter of my book. Yeah. And they fucking sit down and they bang out that chapter. And It's nothing to them. They do yeah. it and they perfect. And they just can be productive and yeah, they probably suck in other areas of their life. But when it comes to doing stuff, they're just capable and yes. it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For like 90% of everybody, like I think everybody for some reason feels like I should be able to do that. No. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. no it's one can do that. That's pretty insane unrealistic. Like super, you under, you hear about a person like that and you're like, what a freak. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. the most of us have to exist in this world where it's like you want to get anything done you got to trick yourself
0: i'll go weeks at a time doing nothing
1: you gotta like you gotta stay one step ahead of the future you yeah you got to like you know if you want to go to the gym tomorrow morning you should probably like set up all your clothes yeah and shit yeah so you, it's easy we need these hacks go to sleep yeah. in your gym clothes like yeah it's kind of the reason we do this stuff is because like we we don't want to do stuff and we, yeah. we really do have to sort of trick ourselves or, or yeah. set things up so that it's easy for us to do things and we won't do them sure that's normal yeah. I think a lot of people feel bad about stuff like that but or ashamed. Mm. Oh man, I have to like, if I don't like have someone to go to the gym with, I won't go. Yeah, I'm like that. And it's yeah. like, well, you know what? I better just make sure there's someone to go with then because that's yeah. the thing that's easy. That's what works for you. You can't be like, it's, you know, uh, we're going to get into another whole thing here, but the concept of cognitive load is so interesting. you mm. you aware of this? Like, there's only so much that you can really handle at once. Mm. So mm. like, if you're like, a smoker and you've just quit smoking. Let's say you've been, you've gone six months without a single cigarette and, um, you know, you're weaning down, you're on the patches and stuff. And something happens like your mom dies, right? You're probably going to start smoking again Mm. or like you lose your job or you can't do all of it at the same time. You can't like, I'm going to be on a diet. I'm going to quit smoking and I'm going to exercise for 30 minutes a day. And like all this stuff, it, it takes effort to Mm. do that stuff. Mm. And you can't sustain the effort. if, something else comes along that requires more of your cognitive load. Mm. So the way to, so habits are one way of making that. that so that just happens. Like yeah. you wake up in the morning and your body just makes your coffee and your breakfast because you do the same thing every single morning. Yeah, yeah. And you just, you're just in the car on the way to the gym and you're like, what the hell? Yeah, I'm like, yeah right. <laughs> That's a good way of doing it. Yeah. But you know, short of that, it's like, it's tough. And, and so yeah, ha- developing habits or, Making things really, really easy for yourself is
0: the solution long term. Yeah. It's the whole Atomic Habits thing, mm. right? Like just kind of making these things super, super convenient. But as um, well, have you had like the experience of
1: like have you had like a negative habit experience?
0: Sure. Oh, uh, do you mean like um, struggle with a negative habit or trying to change it struggle
1: or struggle with positive habits?
0: So, like, ah. here's a here's a cursed situation.
1: Maybe mm. unique to the, situ- the time that it happened. But I remember the first pandemic lockdown, I was like, whatever. It, it kind of was novel, wasn't it? Like when yeah. it first happened, everyone was like, whoa, we just stay at home. Yeah. We work from home every day. Yeah. What the hell? I'm in my pajamas <laughs> and I'm <my> that <man> worked. <laughs> right at the time, it was like, well, this is crazy. And yeah. everyone played Animal Crossing on the Switch. Right. And a bunch of us got into online chess because of PogChamps. I know I did, right? And then (laughs) I watched a bunch of shit on Netflix, all this stuff. Oh my God, I don't have to get up until like 15 minutes before my first meeting. (laughs) Ha ha. You know, it was all really like, well, how novel is this? And then like after a certain amount of time, it became horribly depressing, right? It was like, oh my God. Uh yeah. I just ha- all I do is live in this one ha- apartment and everything I do is here and even I've though I don't watched-
0: mind being inside I like the idea that I could go outside if I wanted to
1: Right exactly like I'm sick of all the takeout food that's here I'm sick of uh you know sitting in this chair I'm sick of this window I just mm. you know it became depressing after a while Not Sure and yeah. so when we got to the second lockdown the one that happened more recently I was like this time Instead of being like a slob and just doing whatever and I'm going to have some structure. Yeah. I'm going to build some habits. Yeah. I set myself a bedtime. I got up at the same time every day. I had a routine. I built Mm. habits. I woke Mm. up every morning, drink a big bottle of water. Yeah. Cook breakfast, exercise, shower, make my coffee, sit down, do my emails, do this, finish my work day eventually. Yeah. Uh, At lunch, I would always do the same thing. A new chess video from this one guy, Daniel Narodisky, new Mm. video. I'm going to watch it. Cool. Back to work. Finish the work day. Get on Discord. Play video games with my friends. Halo or Overwatch. And um, it was very successful. I did it for like three weeks. Perfect. It was easy. I just like literally just you wake up and... But you know what happened was I was like, hmm, every day is the same. I hate it. Uh, (laughs) Like literally drove me insane. I was like... Like it was worse than the first time because I was like, I do the same thing every day. Yeah, nothing's different. The same guys on Discord, the same games, the same videos, the same work, the same food, everything was. And that's when I actually was like, I know more habits. I started waking up at random times, I started (laughs) going to bed at random times. I was like, anything I could do to make the days seem different from each other, and I guess the habits and shit would be better now that I have. Stuff that happens outside of my apartment, but at the time I was like, "I need. I'm going to go to bed at 3 a.m. and I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m. I'm just going to be tired. Wow, what it'll be different. I'm going to. Oh, you know how I normally exercise? Well, this morning I'm going to (laughs) like watch my chess video when I wake up and exercise
0: at lunch or whatever.
1: I'm going to like like I did random shit. I just like started changing things up all the time. I
0: wonder if that intentional making your life worse is different. Was it worse? I don't know. Well, Well, maybe let's say worse in terms of the goals that you had initially set up. Totally. Yeah, um, I ruined them. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Fuck but like, <laughs> you, because you were intentional about it and you were like, okay, this is actually going to lead to an increase in my mental health. Yeah. Um, then, and, and there's a purpose behind it as opposed to the normal scenario, which is, oh, I'm going to work out five days a week and I do it for two weeks and then the next week I only did four days. Yeah. And the next week I did three days. Next week I did and two. Then you're days. Like, well, I suck. And yeah, then you whatever. start to get self deprecating, and you know you mm. start to because it's just slowly s- slipping away. Mm. But whereas you have, you have been like, it would be funny to just not go to the gym anymore.
1: Yeah. Well, like not even. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. So now uh, there's a version of because I I should I should say I'm doing I have kind of a routine now. I have like a doing that exercise taught me a lot about myself Mm. and like, yeah, now my situation is I realized that there's like cognitive load that I was spending on stuff. And I was like, Oh, I don't need to do this. Like that. So the gym, amazing example. I don't keep track of anything. Mm. Right. A lot of people fucking hate that about it. I I say that and people like, what, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, I roughly know what I did yeah. last week. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, yeah. I, I probably lifted like this much. I guess I used these ones last week. I'm yeah. going to try and go up, I think. Yeah. I don't have a, I'm not tracking it with an app. I'm not counting how much protein I put in my body. I'm not doing that. And what I am doing is I'm showing up to the gym. Yeah. Three or four days a week. Yeah. And when I get there, I do a workout. Yeah. And it works my muscles and I do. I think I'm, the stuff I'm lifting is heavier. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure it is. Feels but, like it. But I'm not like...
0: <laughs> can't I'm, prove it.
1: But you know what I mean? There's no record and I'm not like stressed about the numbers. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like you know what? Actually, it doesn't matter how much weight I lift. Yeah. What matters is I do it until I can't do it anymore. Yeah. And then I'm done. Like, oh, you know what? I'm going to do a chest press. Yeah. Oh, what's that? I can't do any more of these. I guess I Time did enough. <laughs> I did three sets and... Oh, I can still do it. I'll do a fourth set. Oh, I can't do it anymore. I'm done. Like, so good. And that's the thing. Like, it's freed me of this, like,
0: oh man, I've got to
1: hit these numbers. Yeah. Oh shit. If I don't get, if I don't eat one more thing, I'm not going to hit my macros. Like, can't do it. It's
0: like, oh, I've got to write the whole paper tonight.
1: Dude, it's exactly like that. And you know what it is? It's like, if you, you know, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. Yeah. I sh- I, I love I'm i showing up. Like, yeah. you know how you get in good shape? It's not by having the optimum gym regime it's showing up to the gym for like three years yeah every week (laughs) like that's where the real progress comes from right so for me it was like you know what makes me hate the gym the thinking about it yeah i'm just not gonna think about it i'll just go and then figure it out i have a rough it's like push pull legs yeah that's the only structure and i'm like what do i do this time i might change it or i might keep it the same it doesn't matter
0: yeah amazing dude Listen, I do want to talk about Burger King Illuminati before we wrap up. Oh, hell yeah. S- we're called Beak
1: now, by the way. Oh, that's right. We've had a name change. That's because we're going to do a bunch of shows in Scotland where Burger King is a thing. And we're like, oh, our name's going to look like... Right. Is it like a fucking... The Ad. Burger
0: King is doing something at the festival? Right. <laughs> like wait, So it wasn't like an actual copyright issue. more just nah. a confusion thing. It was thing. a
1: confusion thing and a we've always been like, maybe this will be a copyright issue one day. Yeah. We were just like, it's probably time to change it. So, yeah, yeah. So on that, you know, we, we were originally thinking, well, everyone just calls us BKI. So uh, we we're thinking yeah. of just changing our name to BKI. Oh uh, yeah. Cause we're like, that sounds like BKI, BKI, yeah. but then people will be like, "What? Are you, so what are you gonna rename it to?" And we're like, "BKI," and they're like, "What?" And they're <laughs> like, "Okay." If people never understand what you're saying the first time, it's a bad name. So Beak.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's nice. what we up with. Yeah. That's where your marketing expertise is coming. Yeah, though.
1: we're just like, oh, this isn't gonna work. If people yeah. are already like. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, It's more confusing than Burger King Illuminati. That's true. Because at least that
0: work. it's like okay, well, Burger King Illuminati—they've obviously just thrown together some like funny stuff. It's yeah, like, it sounds yeah, funny, right? For real.
1: Beak. Yeah. Beak. What the fuck is that? Yeah, yeah. yeah, So it's just beak, and they're like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. At, at the end of the day, it's just uh, a name. You know,
0: it doesn't so, do anything. And you're you guys are writing like a an hour show. Or? Oh yeah, yeah. Nice. Mm.
1: It's, it's going to be a wild one. I mm-hmm. think so, you know, for for anyone listening, some context is probably worth explaining. is like, I'm in this, uh, yeah, I guess like a sketch comedy group. We started as like an improv team at, at Sydney Uni. Uh, the our thing was that we were the only improv team in the competition at the time that didn't do improv. And so we would just put ourselves into situations where we knew we couldn't succeed. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, we're going to tell a word at a time story. And the story is going to be backwards. And it's like, we can't do that. Like, what, would it be impressive to see a group of people nail that? It would. Not this group of people. <laughs> we're just going to fuck up. We're going to blame each other. And, you know, what matters ultimately is that the audience has a good time. Not that yeah, we look cool. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, if you wanted to look cool, you would just want to do improv in the first place. Right. Um, so, but anyway, that sort of became the thing. We were like, this is a cool group. And we started writing shows. Uh, and we put on like several sketch comedy shows and yeah we did one sydney comedy festival or fringe mm-hmm. festival and uh luke was our sound guy yeah and that's, that's, how, we, we that's met. how we met yeah yeah that was really cool uh we, you know i think we started talking because you had some some background music you were playing while we were doing setup, And I was like, this is fucking yeah. sick. It was like some prog or something. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, like for sure. Mm.
0: It was like, the, it's the, the sweet spot in, in between. Like I've set up all the gear, but I'm waiting like an hour for the people to show up and mm. I'm literally just killing time. But I have like a sound system so I can just crank some tunes Hell yeah. and, you know, stuff that I didn't think that anyone else would enjoy, but I was wrong. Yeah. No, exactly.
1: and so, And that was really great. Like Luke enjoyed the show. We got talking. Uh, it's been a, a, a beautiful friendship ever since. But yeah, so we're we're putting together a new one. It's very exciting because, you know, we haven't done a show in a couple of years. Yeah. There's been a pandemic. Mm. So all the festivals would normally have been canceled. Um, but since our last show, a lot has happened. Like Jacob, uh, one of our members, has gone to clown school. So That's he's, right. He's gone to Goya yeah. and become uh, a more, and he's and he's got like a stand-up thing going now. Cool. So he's become more accomplished. Bruno has, uh, you know, he hasn't really performed that much, but he's been honing his skills in other areas. Mm. He's like doing graphic design in yeah like, 3D graphics for like TV shows and stuff. Wow, cool. Um, my older brother Liam, who's in the who's in the team, has been overseas the entire time doing like postdocs because he's a scientist. And I've just been like, I've been doing more improv stuff. I've been, uh, you know, just living. I moved around a bit. Yeah. I've, you know, played, written music. I've been involved in bands and stuff. Yep. It's it's really cool to come back to the the OG squad, writing a yeah. show, weird shit, but like keeping the same tone, but you know, bringing. New experience to the to the process has been really
0: cool. It makes me very happy that that's happening.
1: Yeah. Well, there'll be a, even though the show is in August in Edinburgh, in July, there will be a preview show in
0: Sydney. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's not too far away.
1: We really want to put something on before we go over. So, because we have, the, all of our fans are in Sydney. The only yeah, people who know true. about us or give a shit about us are in this city. So, yeah, it yeah. feels silly to write a whole new show and not put it on. At
0: least once. I yeah. would be disappointed for sure. Exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um. You know, you guys will probably get the worst version of the show because cool. it'll be the first time we've done the whole thing. Yep. But you know, it's fine. It'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. i be some, a pig for sure. Some good stuff in there. That's like, I, I think there's some, some stuff that's pushing the boundaries in a cool way of nice. what's possible. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Is there a date for that?
1: Not yet. Okay. But we'll get a venue and we'll get a date. It's going to be Factory Theatre or maybe Lord Gladstone. Yep. Maybe. Yeah. We're working out the details, Yeah, it'll be cool. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll try and keep the fans posted. if there is Oh, a yeah, go, please. You know, yeah, ticket dude. link, etc. It's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, awesome. All right. Well, this was awesome. Hell yeah. Um, thanks so much, man.
1: Appreciate dude, it. Always a pleasure. Uh, always a pleasure coming on this podcast
0: again after uh, three, yes, three it's, years. Yes, it's great revival. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, I'll have to have you back at some point. I'd love to. Of awesome. course. All right. Thanks, Dan. Hell yeah. Thanks, man. Cheers. All right. That was Daniel Scarrett. Thanks so much for listening, guys. As always, I appreciate your undying support for this little project of mine. So, yes, we'll be back soon. Lots of exciting guests coming up. Uh, So I will see you soon.